What's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to the Mishmash Podcast. As you might be able to see, today's episode is a special one. This is the first time that I'm recording a video to go along with the audio portion of the program. Now, this is something that I wanted to do from the get-go, but it seemed like it was easier just to kind of jump into the audio stuff first, get a feel for that, see if this was even something that I wanted to do before I started to invest in more equipment and just learning, you know, all of the additional things that go along with producing a video version instead of just the audio. Um, as you might be able to see, or at least hear, this is not scripted at all. So it's a little bit of a departure for me. When I do solo episodes, I typically have something that I'm reading off of to give it more of a, a natural flow and really more just to cut back on the editing that I have to do at the end. So just bear with me for this because again, this is the first time I'm doing this. Um, the primary reason that I didn't have a video component was I figured, you know, 99% of people that enjoy podcasts do so on their phones, you know, and, and pretty much typically just listen to it. So it didn't really seem like it was worth the effort to put into it. But of course, every time I take a shortcut with something, it winds up biting me in the ass. And there were a couple of podcast interviews that I did that I think would have benefited from having some sort of additional, you know, visual component to it. And with some of the exciting ones that I have coming up, I just felt like it was the right time to uh, to make the leap into the video world. And the other major reason that I didn't do it was because I didn't want folks to be uncomfortable. Um, not everyone not everyone is comfortable with public speaking in general. And I felt like for some people that I really wanted to have a discussion with, or at least get the word out about whatever it was that um, that they had going on, it might be difficult enough for them just to do the audio and then to add the extra element of cameras and lighting and all that kind of stuff. It just didn't seem like it was the right thing to do, especially with me not really being confident yet in the medium. But, you know, I'm over a year and a half in now. Uh, I'm by no means an expert, probably never will be, but I think I've got enough of a handle on it that I'm comfortable with, um, with adding the visual element to it. So, uh, moving forward, I will make a note in the episode listing on the official Podbean page and wherever I, uh, share, you know, social media information about the post, wherever I post on social media about the episode, I'll be sure to note if it's, uh, if it's got a video component, I'm actually looking to do more visual stuff in general. Uh, this is something that's calculated on my part, I guess it was something that I was holding off for the longest time uh, because of some discomfort, right? Most people probably don't like the idea of being on video, and I was definitely one of them. Uh, but this year is a year of tremendous change for me. It's something that I have embraced in a way I never thought I could. And you know, for folks who know me personally, I've undergone a significant weight change and just sort of body recomposition, which is something I'll probably explore in another upcoming episode. I won't go into too much detail now, but I'm down almost 30 pounds. And I think that more than just the number, just the entire process of finally being happy in my own skin and comfortable in my own skin makes the idea of doing this not only appealing, but just feasible in general. So it's sort of a personal challenge for myself too, right? What better way to force yourself to become comfortable in your own skin than to start posting content to the internet, right? So 
I've had these visual ideas for reels and short form videos centered around my writing that I've wanted to do for the longest time. And I just kept holding off on it, but now feels like the right time to give that a go. And so I will be producing, I don't know how many, um, but a bunch of shorter content for YouTube and for TikTok specifically, where it'll focus on my Cosmogonia series of novels. So I have had the distinct honor and pleasure to work with several artists that <clears throat> have created content in support of my book in the helps in the hopes of helping me, you know, just sort of give a different element to the experience of writing. I'm always looking for different ways to market myself and different, you know, pockets that may not be inhabited by, you know, the average writer. And I think that the visual side of it is just a great opportunity to give people a a sense of you know what to expect from my books but b an opportunity if they've read them to kind of see you know some of it come to life my goal as a writer as a fiction writer specifically is always to convey what i'm seeing in my mind my imagination with the the proper words right to basically make as clear a picture of what i'm seeing for the reader and i know that you know, some of it has to be left up to interpretation. So it's not like I'm, you know, bogging everything down in the nitty gritty details and whatnot. But I like the challenge of trying to paint as vivid a picture as I can. But a picture is worth a thousand words. And when you have a 110,000 word novel, that takes a lot of pictures. And so a uh, special shout out to, uh, to Andre Cosma and his brother, to Anthony Jensen, and to Chauncey Felice for their efforts in helping me to, to bring my stuff to life. So I will have some really cool content, I hope, coming up with some uh, deep dives into characters, different plot elements. I've also been recording audiobook versions of the novels. It's funny. I did a, a book tour back in 2017, and the number one question that I got was, hey, do you have an audiobook version of this? Which, you know, is great when you're trying to, to move through a bunch of paperback products. Um, so it's something that I was always interested in and hadn't gotten around to doing. I'm proud to say that I did a test run with a novella called FOMO, which I wrote as like a free gift. It's only like 37 pages. It's, it's short. And so I had printed them uh, through Amazon as, a, you know, a small book to give out as thank yous to people, to anybody who bought something at those those book tour events. And I'm proud to say that I recorded it and it passed the audible, like the unbelievably stringent audible audio requirements. And um, it's available for sale through Audible. So having done that, now I'm in the, the trenches here of audiobook recording and mastering and everything. Again, I wasn't kidding. You know, 80 to 100,000 word books take a long, long time to read. And then if you have to fix anything, it's, it's just, it's a process. And so I'm in the midst of doing that. But more importantly, I'm also in the midst of editing my first standalone novel. Why that's a big deal for me is my dream since I was seven years old was to be a published writer, like legitimately, traditionally, you know, published, being invited to do different events, all, all kinds of stuff that come, you know, that, that <laughs> I guess come with that territory. And back in 2016, I went, I started the process of querying. So for people who don't know, typically you write a manuscript, you have your novel finished and you have to reach out to 
prospective agents to see if they'd be interested in representing your work. Then if they accept it, then they go on your behalf to the various publishing houses and try to get you a deal based off of that. It sounds on its surface like it's sort of like a job hunt, you know, like if you're just kind of going around with your resume and putting it around, but that's not even close to what it actually feels like. A better comparison would be being the fat, pimple-faced, nerdy, awkward kid at the middle school dance where it is completely filled with like supermodel quality people and you're trying to go from one to the other, you know, asking for a dance. And uh, typically that doesn't go well. More often than not, the answer is no, if you even get an answer at all. But my mindset now is it takes only one yes, right? And so it's just such an awful, just backbreaking, soul-sucking process because you can't reach out to every agent on the planet all at once because if one of them does happen to be interested, they can request an exclusive period to go over your work and decide whether they want to look at it or represent it. So if you send out to 100 agents and 15 of them all get back to you and ask for that exclusive period, now you're in trouble. So there's just a lot of timing and more than anything else waiting. I mean, I remember I, I got maybe three responses when I queried back in 2016. They were encouraging, even though they were rejections, but I was just obsessed over the ones that I didn't get, right? The, you know, dozens of other requests that just never even got answered. And that's a part of the process. It is what it is. Uh, I just was not interested in doing it because that entire time I was working on that, I could not work on any writing. It was like, I don't know, creative impotence, I guess. And that was what freaked me out more than anything. Now, while I'm disappointed in myself for essentially quitting or postponing that hunt, um, I am satisfied with my decision and proud of myself for deciding just to focus on writing, right? It made me happier because I was so miserable. Poor Heather. Oh my God. I was inconsolable and just a mess to be around because, you know, the scariest part of this dream is that in a way it's not up to me, right? It's not like, okay, I want to go and climb Mount Everest or K2 or whatever, you know, difficult mountain there is like that's on me to go and do it with this. It's completely contingent on someone else. It's up to an agent, a publisher, somebody else to say yes. So that's really terrifying to someone like me who is a control freak, a perfectionist, knowing that, you know, there's the chance that no matter how good my book is, there's a chance that it'll never get picked up. And so back in 2016, I guess two or two and a half books into this Cosmogonia series, I decided that I was going to focus on just recording, uh, just writing them and enjoying the process. Mistakenly, I assumed, oh, well, if I write a series, since everybody loves to read series of novels, that would make it more appealing. And then I realized after the fact, well, if they don't like the first one, they sure shit aren't going to be interested in two, three, four, or five. So I committed myself to the notion of finishing out my novel series, not even knowing at the, at the time how many books it would be. I actually had the beginning of the first book and the end of the last book written first. And so it's almost like I've been inflating this balloon where the constraints and confines of it haven't changed. Uh, it's just been expanding between those, you know, those two points. And it wound up being five books in total. And I'm proud of the work that I put out. 
I think it's representative of my writing ability. I think it's enjoyable, interesting as, you know, uh, speculative fiction. It allows me to cull from a number of different areas and it's, it was just a lot of fun to write those, but now I'm ready to take the plunge and really commit myself to this idea of achieving my, my actual dream. I'm scared about it because I don't know what success will look like. And that makes it a little more daunting and difficult. Um, but I'll take my weight loss journey as an example of something that could happen that, that could be positive and turn out well in the end, right? One of my fears when I started this personal journey of, you know, body recomposition was what if I lose all this weight and I'm still unhappy, right? What if I get to a point where I look like how I think I want to look like and I'm not happy, right? And so that was sort of a risk going into it. However, I felt confident that were I to go about this the right way and hit the marks that I was looking to hit, that happiness would follow. And it did, thankfully. Um, I'm just unbelievably elated to be where I am at personally. And so I'm trying to parlay that into further change, right? And in terms of the writing, I guess what I'm getting at is the dream was always to have like a major, major publishing house like Penguin or Viking, some somebody like that to pick up my book, you know, in the same way as Stephen King or another household name is on the shelves, say, at Barnes & Noble. The problem is that's probably not going to happen right out of the gate, number one. Number two, there are smaller publishing houses that, while no, while they may not be of the same stature, would still allow me to claim, you know, that I'm being a paid published writer, that I'm being paid for my work, that I'm earning like consistent royalty checks or whatever it happens to be. And so my fear is that I don't want to settle necessarily, right? Because it's easier in in a way to be picked up by a smaller publishing house, to be picked up by an agent that represents fewer clients. And so what I'm afraid of is thinking that I'm going to be happy with something and then having that not be the case, right? Where I've gone through this imposter syndrome thing that I think a lot of writers do or creative types in general. But for me specifically, like I struggled for the longest time with being able to call myself a writer when I was, you know, self-publishing because I could have just as easily held down the A key on the keyboard, filled up 110,000 pages and then submitted that to Amazon and they would have printed it and sold it. Right. So what does that say about the actual book that I put out there? That was the mindset that I used to have. Obviously, there's a world of difference between those two things. But the point is that it took me a while to reconcile um, that sense of lacking. Right. And feeling like I was playing pretend or just not achieving what I wanted to achieve. And so my hope is that the right opportunity will come along And that once I make it a reality, right, once I stop dreaming about it, once I stop being an aspiring published author, which, oh, I hate, I hate the term aspiring writer more than anything, but really that's the stage I've been in, right? Because all I've done is aspire. I haven't done jack shit to actually make it happen. And so that's finally changing, right? And part of that is becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable and 
that's kind of where my focus is with all of my creative stuff, right? I have three primary interests is in terms of creative outlets. Photography was probably the longest standing one. Music is probably the one I'm most passionate about and that I engage with the most. But writing is the one that defines me. That's where my soul is. And so in an effort to continue to further this personal journey that I've been on and this, you know, I don't know, quest for self-acceptance, which I finally have made some really tremendous strides with. It's about embracing the uncomfortable. And so one of the things that I've always wanted to do was to sing and play guitar. I had a, a what wound up being a traumatic sort of episode early on when I was just, I mean, I was probably playing a year or two. It wasn't long into my guitar journey that I played and sang something for someone for the first time and was laughed at. This was somebody that I was unbelievably close to. Like, <clears throat> I really opened myself up to them in the hopes of getting some sort of validation or encouragement. And holy shit, did it go the opposite way. I mean, free, I could barely get my voice above a whisper if there was another person in the room because of the fact that I got laughed at, was told not to quit my day job, and I believe told that I would never, ever be able to be anywhere near as good a singer as this person was. So, yeah. Talk about getting cut down at the knees, right? But part of my experience with this weight loss journey and how it has impacted me, that was something I thought would never, ever, ever change, that I would never be able to get past. And I never even imagined that the body image issues and self-confidence issues, self-love, all that stuff, that that would change along with that body recomposition. And so once I started to see that happening, I started to think more critically about other areas of my life that I found lacking in, right? And I came back to that singing thing. And I said, screw it. If I can change this, right, with the weight loss stuff, why can't I change that? And so I took some vocal lessons. <laughs> it wasn't the best experience uh, for a number of reasons, but I was told by a professional vocal teacher instructor that I could absolutely sing. And it was just a matter of smoothing out the edges and building strength and, and whatnot. So that was also incredibly validating. And so another visual project that I'm looking to do here is to start adding cover videos to YouTube. I love music more than anything else, and I love playing it. I love now I love singing it. And so I'm going to force myself by by way of uh, this sort of visual confessional here, right? If I'm putting it out there, then uh, I feel like I have to do something with it. So it's just creating some self accountability here. And I am beyond terrified of that, right? But I also know that I need to to develop some thicker skin. Uh, it's funny. I don't give a shit about what people think or say more often than not, but at the same time, <clears throat> I don't want to open myself up to criticism, right? That's sort of the perfectionist in me. I figure if I do things the right way, the best that I can, either it will shield me from said criticism or, you know, it'll reduce the likelihood of it occurring. And I mean, that's just so unrealistic with life in general, right? And that's not really a message I want to send to my kids. I'd rather... Because I'm a big believer in, you know, backing up what I say with actions. And so it's one thing for me to tell them, hey, you should be confident in yourself. Don't let people bring you down. Don't let negative comments affect you and stuff. So, I mean, 
what better way to do it than, again, to put myself out there on the internet, right? So uh, that's something else that's going to come too. I'm not sure if I'm going to put that on my writer channel where I have the podcast stuff. I think I will. I think it just makes sense to consolidate everything. But um, yeah, that's something that I'm excited about doing. So a lot of visual content coming out there. Um, But yeah, so just a time of excitement for me personally, a lot of content that's coming up. You know, one of the other struggles that I've had over the last few years alongside that imposter syndrome was this countdown timer in my head, right? Because I graduated from Brooklyn College with my master's in English education in May of 2009 and was stuck without a job going into January of 2010 because there was a hiring freeze. And then we had Tim and we had to decide, you know, what was going to happen with me from a professional standpoint. And, you know, we decided really for two reasons. One, it would be easier for me to jump back into the classroom at some point than it would be for Heather to reenter the corporate world. And starting out, there was no way that I was going to be anywhere near the salary that she was already at, let alone where she would get to, you know, down the road. And so I took to that parenting role early on with a sense of uncertainty in terms of when it would end. And, you know, I used that as an opportunity to write, to really further, you know, that dream. And again, take advantage of that time of being home, not wanting to waste it, also wanting to feel productive in an unpaid, unsalaried situation. But, you know, it's been a while, at least a little while since, I was needed 24-7, right? Jackson just turned nine. He's nowhere near capable or ready of being completely on his own for, you know, extended stretches of time, but he's not that far off. Tim's about to start high school. So, you know, he's on the way towards being out of the nest, you know, and Sarah's not far behind, about to start middle school. So it's just a time of me sort of reflecting, I guess, on what the next few years will hold. And I think that's really what's lighting this fire under my ass to really go after this, this writing dream, right? Like if, if I'm going to do it, now's the time. So I'm super excited about all the stuff that's coming up. I am so appreciative of all of the positive feedback and support that I've gotten with this podcast, with my writing, with all of these things. I really hope that if you're listening to this or watching this now, that you'll join me for this next leg of the journey. I think this might be the most fun one yet. Hopefully the highest quality too, in terms of what's being put out there. Um, But more than anything, I hope that you'll continue to support me and believe in me as I take this unprecedented and terrifying leap of faith uh, into the future, trying to make this dream come true. because. I think there's so much that could potentially come from it. And that's one of the bigger aspects of the challenges, right? Is not getting too excited, not getting too far ahead of myself. You know, one of the reasons I have this podcast is, you know, yes, it's a creative outlet and I enjoy speaking with people. But if you've noticed, really most of the guests, if not all of them that I've had, are people who have some intangible, special aspect to them. And I want people to be aware of them, right? And whatever it is that they're doing, whether it's my buddies over at Hoop Lab, right? Zach and Gary, whether it's Coach Desner, uh, or some of the creatives like my friend Sarah Key, 
or even just locally, you know, um, October is physical therapy month or physical therapist month. So having Sue and Christine come on, it, it was great. And they're great people. And I, my goal is to give them a platform if they have something that they're passionate about or that they want to get out there. Because if I believe in them, I feel like other people will too, right? And so it's really just a matter of opportunity. And that's really the biggest thing or the biggest aspect of my dream. I don't care if I make millions of dollars in royalty checks, right? I don't care if I gain hundreds of thousands or millions of social media followers because of whatever, you know, fame comes with the potential of a, of a writing career, right? Because you see some of these writers, you know, no, they may not be household names. You may not know what they look like, but you know, all it takes is that one book to blow up, whether it's on, you know, Oprah's book club or, you know, social media influencers pick it up. Or maybe it's the book that gets picked up for a manuscript and becomes the movie of the year. Who knows, right? All I know is my dream, if I ever were to have a following and a platform like that, would really be to pay it forward to from all the folks who supported me and to give the people that I believe a chance to get out there and be seen and be heard, right? Because it's just so hard. And like, it's funny, you know, obviously the big thing right now is Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey and their relationship. And I saw, you know, some ridiculous thing where whatever it was that she wore to one of the games, like sold out online within minutes, you know, uh, hundreds of thousands of people making these purchases. And that's what I think of. Like if I had that platform, instead of promoting, you know, whatever shirt, my, my chartreuse colored, uh, under armor shirt here, right. Instead of promoting that, I would much rather direct people to, you know, my friends, to to people whose work I believe in, whether it's creatives, right, like Anthony Jensen and his artwork, or Andre Cosman, his photography, or, you know, friends with small businesses, right, like uh, Danielle with Food Fuels Growth that, that helped me get to this place where I'm at in terms of my, you know, um, journey, my weight loss journey and all that stuff. Like, these are people that I want to support and you know, get the word out about. And so there's an extra layer of pressure, I think, that I put on myself because of that. But that's, you know, that's a, a me problem for sure. Um, but it's all one step at a time. And I feel like this is the next step for me. And I'm terrified, but thrilled to be taking it, to be sharing it with everybody. I hope you've been enjoying these podcast episodes so far. Uh, I hope that I can only improve upon you know, the product I've put out so far with some of this visual stuff that I'm looking to add. And I hope that you'll check out my writing specific stuff because I think that's going to be really, really cool too. Um, and so really the only thing I have to say is thank you. Thank you for your support, your interest, and hopefully we can all celebrate together at some point in the future uh, when I finally get this dream checked off the bucket list number one on that list. Um, but as always, I appreciate your support, your friendship, uh, and any conversations we get to share. That's, that's the thing I love the most with this podcast with my guests is, you know, I pick people that I have conversational chemistry with. I think it makes it feel more authentic. I think it makes for a better listening experience. And now I'm really looking forward to it being a, a viewing experience, especially with some of the, um, interviews that I have lined up. Um, and to that end, just to close out, I have 
an episode coming up with Anthony Jensen in support of Halloween, our favorite time of year. I can't wait to start putting out some um, some videos in support of that. I'm also going to, again, take sort of a deeper dive into this weight loss journey that I've had. Um, and I'm hoping that it's going to be a timely pair of episodes. Uh, I'm supposed to be speaking with one of my friends who's a fitness guru and just an unbelievable motivational speaker. And I believe we're going to discuss not just weight loss and fitness and stuff in general, but really more the psychology behind some of the struggles and challenges that people have, especially in the winter months, right? So bad decisions made about, um, you know, holidays like Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and how that ultimately leads folks down this rabbit hole towards being resolutioners, which it's, it's tough. I, I feel for people who, you know, take that approach and, you know, I respect anybody who's trying to have some sort of positive change occur for themselves, but man, it's, it's tough. It's rough at the gym. The first three weeks, it's like uh, being in college, right? The first two or three class sessions when the classes are packed and everybody's showing up, give it a month if that, and then it settles back down. Um, and so I hope to be exploring that topic from the fitness side with one guest and the nutritional side from another guest. Uh, and then we'll see uh, one of my all time favorite people uh, may come on and she's in the liquor industry and yeah, there may be some early morning day drinking going on and that one, if there ever was an episode to have video for, or maybe not, right? It's that one. So I'm really excited and looking forward to those episodes and whatever other solo adventures I can come up with. And yeah, thanks again for all your support, your interest. And as always, thank you for listening wherever and whenever you are. <laughs>